often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 456. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht. And we've only got two more episodes left down here in the Slapbox Bunker. That would be tonight as I record this and one more next week. Then this show will move on to the Slapbox Penthouse. Shit's getting real up in this shit. It's going to be something. It will be something. The penthouse. Hopefully it's nice and swag. I hope I hope to make it real nice. Don't know how long it'll take me to uh, get it where I want it. I, uh, as I've been watching Breaking Bad a lot, I can't help but think of uh, when Jesse uh, buys his house back. And uh, that, uh, that episode where uh, Saul informs him, he's like, you're house poor because you spent all your money on a house. That's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be fucking house poor. So it might take me a minute or, you know, two years to really get stuff together and make it something. Depends on how much I'm able to work. <laughs> you know, I'm already uh, trying to work as much overtime as I can. I want to get some, you know, second income coming on. So uh, hopefully hopefully I can put some stuff together quickly. But, uh, you know, I, I might need things a little bit sooner, like a, a fridge. I might need that quicker than, per se, a really nice podcast setup. That might come before that as I do refrigerate food. Although I do have a cooler. Maybe I could just keep buying ice each week, toss it in the cooler, and hold it. <laughs> I guess I need it every few days. But keep my, uh, mainly my lunch meat. Lunch meat and, uh, like, I keep some spinach, lunch meat, and stuff, just stuff to make sandwiches for my lunches. That's pretty much all I refrigerate. So, I mean, it's not like I need a massive fridge. I did have thought maybe just buying a mini fridge for, like, 100 bucks or something, but... Uh, you know, I'm thinking it's probably not cool. <laughs> it's probably not a wise idea. I should probably should probably go with the, like a a normal size fridge. Well, at least one. I don't think I can have a very big one, but whatever fits in there, and maybe not spend a grand. I want to spend maybe a couple hundred bucks on the thing. We'll see what happens. See what uh, what money I have left over. I will have some money back on the closing. So I got like six hundred bucks, I think, back. So that'll be something. That'll be, uh, that'll, I can, uh, although I do know that I've been wanting another soundboard that uh, would be really good for the podcast that's 600 bucks. So, again, I, I, I can't do it. I can't just spend money on that. Uh, capitalism is, you know, a bad system to live in where if you, uh, <laughs> want to save money. <laughs> like, I, I've still been watching stuff a lot of youtube videos on guitars and stuff and i really want to upgrade my old stratocasters pickups and pots and all that and uh that costs money too several hundred dollars if i want a pre-wired pickup set so i I gotta stop uh really looking at that shit but back to being in the bunker for uh the second to last episode here in the bunker um it's there's a lot of history in here over a decade in this in this room in here that I've spent and well I used to come over to this house before I lived here too so I mean I was, this house in general I mean 
Uh, Jackman got it like 20 years ago. Uh, <clears throat> or shit, more than 20 years ago. Um, but uh, they used to have uh, record their band. Oral Defecation was their uh, initial band. They had uh, set up a, a recording studio in the basement when they first got the house, like set it up in here. And it was pretty pretty sweet coming and hanging out here. And But like, the only times I've ever uh, gotten to hang out like in a real recording studio set up was with, with Jackman. He had one set up here. He worked in one St. Louis, too, to go hang out at. And uh, <clears throat> I may have hung out at a couple other recording studios now that I think about it, but like I spent a lot more time over here. And uh, this basement, it, it is interesting. They used to have band practices stuff in this basement but i've lived so long in here and we built this room in here that uh it's uh it's hard for me i have to really think about it and them having band practice and stuff but i used to come over here and hang out back in the day when they'd have the the old uh, oral defecation show uh practices and then uh, they had the band torrents down here as well as they uh, most of the members were from oral defecation but it was uh, there was a couple of different people in uh, in Torrance, and Torrance uh, had several lineup changes, I guess. But they uh, they went on for quite a few years. But uh, this house has a lot of history to it, and this bunker. I remember the first few times we recorded down here in the bunker, there was a shit pipe that's no longer in here. That's been gone for several years now. But uh, the early shows when we did it, we only did a few of the early shows within the first couple of years here at the bunker. I don't think it was a whole lot. I don't. I don't remember. But like that first year, I think we did, we did a couple, at least a couple here, and uh, they had, uh, of course, the shit pipe in my room, which was right above my couch, right where I also used to uh, uh, sleep. As uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I'm just used to sleeping on couches, and for a while I had a bed down here, but then uh, I started having issues with the plantar fasciitis, and sleeping in the bed wasn't working out for me. So then I moved back to the couch, and being able to rest my foot up against the uh, edge of the couch prevented my foot from stretching out and uh, aggravating the fascia on my feet and making it hurt in the morning. So, you know, I went back to the couch. and uh, But we used to have the shit pipe behind the couch, and when we would record, it was awesome. Somebody would go to the bathroom, and then you'd hear the flushing of the toilet, and we would try to speculate as to whether it was shit or piss going down the pipe. I don't think we could ever officially tell the difference. We never actually did a scientific experiment with it. Like, we didn't uh, ask somebody to, like, hey, if you got a shit, let us know. We'll record the sound, which we really should have done. Now that it's long gone, now I think about this, this would have made a great episode if we just, like, somebody, hold your shit, hold your shit, we need you to go up there and drop a deuce in the pipe and send it down so we can record the sound. <laughs> And then, then we'll have we'll just have somebody piss in it real quick, and then just see if there's a difference, if that flush has more base to it well, with the shit. I don't know, you know, probably wouldn't have an effect. But as I've been the last couple of years, really into different guitar tones and pickups and different sounds. Like I feel like if you you listen enough to different stuff, you can really start picking up those. Those tonal changes from so there's there's probably a slight tonal change in the flushing of shit as compared to the flushing of urine but uh i digress 
Uh, yeah. So, uh, it's a shame we never had that experiment. Um, one funny thing about, too, uh, having the couch beside here. I think I talked about it a little bit in the podcast, but I, I, uh, when it, when it happened, it's been a few years. We've had a, a few different cats that, uh, like to climb a lot because, you know, most cats like to climb. Um, but we've had, uh, multiple cats. Since I've lived here, there's been, shit, I don't know, like 10 different cats that have lived here at one point in time or another. I'm not sure anymore. It's it's quite a few cats that have lived here in my my tenure. And before that, they've had I mean, they've had a lot of animals come and go. Before I moved in, they had a goat out back. That was pretty cool. Um, the uh, What I was going to get to with the cats, a lot of them like to climb on the outside of my room. Uh, like when I moved in, we just built it with like OSB and stuff and, uh, didn't throw any insulation really behind the walls and like, didn't close it off the walls on the outside. The inside's all OSB, but on the, there's, there's nothing on the outside. So there's not a whole lot of <coughs> insulation and sound dampening stuff. Um, and since it's all open, like cats and mice, all that stuff can climb up into the ceiling from the outside of the room had a lot of dead mice situations up inside the 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 uh, ceiling and that's just not cool it's hard to find to put your nose right where the smell is coming from and find the dead mouse it's not a fun game but uh cats do like to climb up there only a few of them there's only been like two different cats that i can recall that climbed up in the <laughs> in the ceiling and then dropped down into my room i was really confused the first time it happened cuz uh a cat had climbed into my room and I just knew that I came home and the cat was inside my room and I always closed my door. I'm like, how the fuck did the cat get in here? Tore up my damn carpet. Cause it couldn't get out. Once it got in, couldn't jump back into the ceiling. But, uh, <clears throat> I guess it was, uh, Dorothy was that cat that initially did it. I think it was Dorothy. And then, uh, Dorothy, I believe was the one, one day where I, I was baiting on the couch <laughs> <laughs> one day all of a sudden fucking cat just drops down from the ceiling right next to right next to my head as i'm just like going to town uh, on my on my johnson and uh like oh what the fuck it, it freaked me out a little bit and uh i did not go to completion by the way it was uh enough to go you know what maybe i don't need to uh finish right now there's uh <laughs> it's a little awkward uh <clears throat> As, <laughs> as yeah, that's that's a weird thing. Just have a cat drop in it. anyway, and then also be baiting at the same time. It's just uh, it's kind of for me. It was a a turn off. Um, some people that might be ooh, I love that pussy. You're looking real hot there, uh, whiskers. Um, <laughs> thankfully I'm not that guy. I'm not that weird. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I shouldn't have to worry about that at the penthouse because I won't have any animals. I know that the the first day I went over there to look at the house there was a uh, a cat over there um on the outside, but I don't think there's any way for that cat to get in unless it just follows me in the door. So, I should should not have a cat just like come visit me. Um <laughs> but who knows, maybe We'll find out. Hopefully, the neighbors are cool. I don't. Uh, it would suck to get stuck with shitty neighbors that you got to share a wall with. 
I don't particularly like the idea of sharing a wall with somebody, but uh, that uh, <laughs> don't really have any choice in that matter now as I picked that. Uh, but the penthouse should be pretty nice. I think the walls are um, insulated well, um, but I don't know if anyone was really home when I, I was there. So I, I I really need to do some experiments with sound over there, you know. Have somebody go in the room, the house next door, and just scream at the top of their lungs, see if I hear it. Um, but uh, <laughs> just see if that works. There might be other better ways to test that. And you know, if, if that were to work, me not hear them, then perhaps perhaps playing my guitar wouldn't be that big of a deal in there, you know. Perhaps. Uh. <clears throat> And uh, but yeah, lot of, lot of history in this room. As uh, <laughs> I've never really organized it that well. I just got kind of shit everywhere. I'm hoping I get better at organizing when I move into the house. And one nice thing, I'll have several closets. Man, I'm gonna have so much space to put stuff. Like I've never had a place all to myself with that much space. I mean, three bedrooms. I'm not sure how many closets are in there. There's at least two or three closets, not including the ones in the bedrooms. There's a closet in every bedroom. The main, the master bedroom, I guess, it is, that one's got a massive closet in it, which I can throw my ugly-ass green dresser in there. So I don't think I'm going to get rid of that. I've had this since I was a kid. And it's actually oh, it was my father's, I guess, from way back in the day. It's got this 70s green paint on it that's like uh, coming off in a lot of areas. And I don't, I do not have any fucking clue how that dresser has still survived to this day, but uh, it is like particle board. I've like actually duct taped some of the drawers together because they've fallen apart through the years, and I got so much shit inside that dresser. I really need to go through that and clean that out. Um, but I, I do, I don't necessarily really need it anymore. <laughs> but I don't know. I just can't get rid of that dresser. I've just had it forever. But uh, I also have. Uh, since the closets, I can get rid of one thing. I have this makeshift closet thing I put together that was just like uh, metal poles and then uh, like the non-woven uh, polypropylene material stuff like uh, over the top of it with a zipper. That uh, <laughs> I cut myself pretty bad whenever I put that together. I shoved a metal rod through my hand. It was not pleasant. So it's got my blood, l literally my blood and sweat inside that thing. And uh, I don't get, open it up much. I'm afraid if I go in there that, like, a fucking uh, brown recluse is going to bite me or something. <laughs> it's not sealed off, you know. All kinds of things can get in there. But uh, it'll be nice to have an actual closet, and I can have a little bit more space for uh, putting clothes. And I'll have somewhere to put all my damn running shoes. As, uh, that uh, I think I, I really need a new pair of shoes for work, side note, because... I'm having uh, knee issues again, and I'm thinking is I've just worn this pair of shoes for way too fucking long, and it's causing me some problems. But I need a good pair of shoes for running, so I don't want to use my good running shoes for that. They're expensive. I what I would normally do, I go online and I get a new pair of running shoes, and then I retire the current pair of running shoes that I had to work shoes, as I get a new pair of running shoes. But again don't have the money to uh, invest in running shoes right now. So I'm just going to have to grin and bear it. Maybe I can use some of the other pairs of shoes I have laying around. They aren't completely destroyed. 
that might do better at work, but uh, knee problems suck. Don't uh, <laughs> don't fuck around with that shit. It's 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 rough. Um, uh, yeah, but the penthouse man. I feel like I gotta do something. It, well, I don't know how the first episode's probably not gonna be too epic. I have a a sneaking suspicion it's gonna be Memorial Day weekend when I move in there, and it'll be the first night I'm in there that I would record the show. So I'd have to do a, like a quick setup, and I don't know that any. I, I might have somebody on. I don't know. Um, but we'll have to uh, record one that night, and I don't know if I'm gonna be too energetic as uh, after moving. I might have to work that day because I'll probably move in. Well, I'll probably start moving in Friday, but I don't know that I'll. Not sure that I'll sleep over there that Friday night. I don't know. Probably. Um, it depends on what my work schedule is. I might start moving it things in on the 28th, which would be a Friday, and then uh, maybe get the ball rolling, and then Saturday make sure the, all the podcast stuff is over there to be able to do the first show of the Penthouse Era fucking podcast. And uh, that um, I am looking forward to that. That I'm hoping to get, like almost c- recapture that energy of the first like couple years of the podcast, the first like like three years or so. So again, we've been doing this like nine years now. Uh, <laughs> to capture some of that, because I mean, it was exciting those first episodes. You really listened to us early on. We were fucking jacked. We had different people on all the fucking time. Uh, Trebejo was on like frequently, like almost every episode there, like pretty much every episode for a long time. Uh, and, uh, whenever I used to drive out to Illinois, uh, like every other weekend was what we started doing initially. And I would drive out to Illinois and, uh, we'd have, of course, Danny on Mark Ping, bitch was on the first episode, of course. And we just, we had the lie band, which I don't think I don't think they're uh, together anymore. I've tried looking at their stuff, and I don't I don't think maybe maybe they are. I don't know. Hopefully those those guys were fun. We went to a couple of their shows, I believe. Uh, feel like there was one at Mississippi Nights we'd gone to, and uh, there was a small venue I know we went to, and it was near Hamburger Mary's. I don't recall the name of that place, but yeah, early awesome stuff. I'd like it. Be, would be cool. It would be cool if I got a nice little sound set up, like in the studio, to where I could like some good acoustics in there. Maybe like to kill the the uh, excess noise and stuff in there a little bit, and uh, maybe just have somebody come in and just like play a song or something for us. That that'd be great. I you know I I totally dig that. That would uh, but uh, hopefully. I feel like there's a good chance we're going to have some some good times in that era. But, you know, again, I'm in my 40s. My energy level is just down in general. <laughs> As, uh, and, the, you know, the last year has fucking aged me like 10 years. <laughs> I feel like I'm 50 or maybe 60. As I'm sure most people feel that way after this last fucking year and a half, whatever. Uh, yeah, I guess about a year and a half is this shit. But, uh, but still survived. So there's there's a chance we could recapture some magic. I did talk to Trebejo yesterday. It was his birthday. He joined the 40 Club yesterday, and I got a chance to talk to him. Talked to him for quite a while, a couple hours, like two hours maybe. Not quite. I don't know. Talked to him for quite a while. But uh, he's got uh, 
I hope hopefully he'll be able to jump in at some point and jump in on the show now that uh, we're going to be back doing the show in Washington in a space that I can actually have like several people comfortably in like in the bunker it's not the most comfortable especially right now to have people over um but if i have the setup at uh, the penthouse man i intend to have uh quite the setup over there and uh plenty of room and uh but but we'll see we'll see we'll see what happens um Again, I'm going to have to, I guess, buy a robe as uh, I was talking to Shelly about the penthouse the first night we were talking about it and, and de- determined the name should be the penthouse that uh, apparently we're, I'm going to have to buy a red robe and go all, uh, I almost said Howard Hughes, but uh, <laughs> not Howard Hughes. Uh, Hugh Hefner is what I meant to say, not Howard Hughes. Um but uh yeah i'll have to I have to do that just chill out in a, a red robe i'm not gonna have sex with a bunch of young girls there probably but uh it's it would be for the best if i did not do that um but i don't know maybe it'll all go to my brain and then next thing you know i've started a porno mag and uh i've taken over for larry flint all of a sudden uh <clears throat> there's a big gap between larry flint and hugh hefner i think <laughs> although i think the being paralyzed from the waist down kind of and did the uh, party board day, boy days for Larry Flint. Um, he would have been, I'm sure, a lot different had he never gotten uh, paralyzed. Um, anyway, yeah. So uh, I did get uh, my true crime fix in uh, this week with the uh, Sons of Sam on Netflix. It is the uh, documentary, of course, referring to... Uh, the son of Sam murders back in the seventies. Uh, I believe that was uh, started in seventy six and mainly took place in nineteen seventy seven. Um, and the initial story that came out about that, if you are unfamiliar, which I would imagine most people are familiar with, son the son of Sam, which uh, <coughs> okay, so in in the 70s there um these people were getting killed by uh a 44 caliber handgun and that was uh they ended up arresting uh David Berkowitz for it and he confessed to the crime and said he was the son of Sam and uh <clears throat> he uh at the time had claimed that he uh let's see if i can find a but but uh you find him on wikipedia here and uh see it says uh yeah he grew up in new york city served in the uh us army before committing his crimes used a uh, 44 caliber bulldog revolver um <coughs> there were there were six people killed and seven wounded by july of 77 um and then he was caught on august 10th 1977 taken into custody by the uh, new york police department uh, in front of his yonkers apartment building um he initially had told them that uh and i'm trying to find uh, uh oh the crimes uh started in 75 
Well, I guess it went on longer than I thought. Um, <clears throat> see here, Ba-ba, confession. Oh, here we go. The confession. That'll. Uh, let's see. Berkowitz was interrogated for about thirty minutes in the early morning of August eleventh, nineteen seventy-seven. He quickly confessed to the shootings and expressed an interest in pleading guilty. The investigation was led by John Keenan, who took the confession. During the questioning, Berkowitz claimed that his neighbor's dog was one of the reasons that he killed, stating that the dog demanded the blood of pretty young girls. He said that the Sam mentioned in the first letter was his former neighbor, Sam Carr. Berkowitz claimed that Harvey, Carr's black Labrador retriever, was possessed by an ancient demon and that it issued irresistible commands that Berkowitz must kill people. A few weeks after his arrest and confession, Berkowitz was permitted to commute, communicate with the press in a letter uh, to the Post, uh, New York Post, dated September 19th of 77. Berkowitz alluded to his original story of demonic possession, but closed with a warning that has been interpreted by some investigators as an admission of criminal accomplices. There are other sons out there. God help the world. At a press conference in February of 79, however, Berkowitz declared that his previous claims of demonic possession were a hoax. Berkowitz stated in a series of meetings uh, with his special court-appointed psychiatrist David Abrahamson that he had long contemplated murder to get revenge on a world that he felt had rejected and hurt him. But uh, So yeah, initially he'd said that uh, his neighbor's dog was telling him to kill these people and shit. Um, now, this documentary, Sons of Sam, goes into... Uh, let's see. Uh, I guess... Yeah, it goes into uh, the, the-, the theory that he didn't act alone. And he, is, he has said that he had had accomplices, like uh, his neighbor Sam's uh, two sons. Apparently, uh, according to him and uh, other sources, that uh, they helped in these murders. And if you, the it's a four-part documentary series, and it follows, uh, I guess, this journalist. Um, <clears throat> no, that's not him. I thought uh, thought it was. Try to find the guy's name here. Let's see here. Uh, do um, <clears throat> TPM film. Here we go. Uh, Son of Sam. No, that Wikipedia has not updated their Son of Sam shit. You bastards. Try to uh, <laughs> hook me up here. Uh, okay, Maury Terry is the guy that really involves in the uh, son, Sons of Sam. Maury Terry was a guy that investigated. He was obsessed with the Son of Sam case, and he was convinced that Berkowitz didn't act alone, and uh, he's dead now, but... Uh, it goes on to show, like, uh, when the murders happened, they, of course, had talked with the witnesses and got uh, artist-rendered sketches of the assailants, assailant, what have you. And for several of the murders, it was completely different drawings. Didn't look anything, a couple of them didn't really look anything like David Berkowitz, which was one big thing, and talking to uh, several of the victims that didn't die um they claim that <laughs> like even to this day that uh, the one guy that got actually shot in the head um says Berkowitz didn't shoot him uh and he's convinced of that and so i mean it's 
it's a good documentary series, but it goes very conspiracy theory. I think Maury Terry was really dug into some uh, really uh, noteworthy stuff. I think he was right on, on some stuff, but he was very into this whole because uh, David Berkowitz was a supposedly involved with this satanic cult they would uh sacrifice dogs and stuff and i think maybe he was involved with this cult from what i understand like like cult like make like i feel like there was a few people involved but maury terry was convinced that it was just like this big conspiracy network there there was you know big players involved that uh these uh hollywood producers and like people with a lot of money and that there was this faction from England that was really calling the shots. There's a lot of people that, uh, like the two people that, uh, the Carr brothers that were actual sons of Sam, they were, uh, Sam Carr's sons. That's, uh, David Berkowitz's, uh, neighbor. Um, he claimed that they were after they had died. Um, which they met with uh, suspicion, <laughs> suspicious ends. Um, but because of like say like they like the one I guess it looked like perhaps he got ran off the road when he had a car wreck, and then the other one I think killed himself. Or there's another guy. There was a lot of people involved that ended up dead. But he, Maury Terry, seemed to really connect a lot of dots where there's not necessarily anything to connect the dots. It's still just hearsay if you I mean some of it you know there's a lot of evidence to say I can see where there's uh there's definitely at least some smoke there but it get very very conspiratorial and uh like even uh he was convinced that there was also uh child sex trafficking I think going on there was some mention of that so I'm like this is a documentary that is going to really invigorate some fucking QAnon conspiracy shit <laughs> or even possibly validate like we knew it uh, but like they talk about uh, the connections of this cult called the uh, process which actually these uh, two members I don't remember their names but it had started out in the church of Scientology and they were uh, got really involved with the auditing of that um where they uh, have the uh, e-meter that they have somebody like hold on to. And then you basically just, you give them basically an interrogation and find it all kinds of dirt on when you're auditing people and stuff. And the Scientologists, a lot of them use the auditing for to like dig up dirt on people. But I guess it's kind of used as a therapy kind of session, even though they're against like <laughs> therapists and, uh, modern medicine and stuff. It's been a while since I've done a deep dive on Scientology, but these two members of the process were into Scientology and then they broke away and like incorporated more violence and stuff. And like this group did exist, but I don't know that there's any real proof to suggest that they were as massive of a fucking cult that, uh, Maury Terry seemed to be convinced that they are. Uh, just because you're right on some things doesn't mean you're right on everything, you know? Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, uh, I believe Manson, there's recordings of Manson actually talking of interviews of being somewhat involved with the Church of Scientology, too, and, and the, the process. 
So like he, uh, the process, I think they were based in England and, uh, but I, I do find it interesting to show like the, uh, drawings and stuff of the people that there's definitely, um, there's definitely different, uh, yeah, there we go. Let's see. I'm looking up the artist rendering now of, uh, the images here. <laughs> oh, and here's just pictures of people have drawn of Berkowitz. Uh, I feel like he's definitely interviews now. I feel like maybe he is legitimately, uh, remorseful for what, uh, what it's it shows in interviews but again you know i would imagine you're gonna try your best to uh seem that way if you ever want to get like paroled which i find it hi highly unlikely that uh david berkowitz would ever get paroled but if he really didn't murder all those people there's you know and somebody actually proves it but i don't think they're ever going to investigate that at this point and really, well, I mean, it's been investigated, but I don't think anybody's really shooting to try to get David Berkowitz out of jail. Um, but uh, I'm trying to find if they're, uh, yeah, I'm trying to find comparison to uh, all the uh, images and I don't know one of these drawings I guess looks a bit like Son of Sam um <clears throat> definitely there's these two these two drawings are just not anything like them like the dude with the curly hair and <clears throat> I wish I could find more on the uh damn you just give me the, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, but just look at sketch. Maybe that'll, damn it, I wanted to put a space in there. <laughs> Didn't happen. Um, that one, I guess, looks kind of like Berkowitz. Yeah, that one does. Oh, here's like four different ones. Unsolved mysteries. Wow, they don't don't look anything like. Well, the nose kind of looks like Berkowitz. On some of these, man, I. It seems hard to. Uh, I'd be interested to sit in and like an artist rendering, like see how they go about it. It'd be hard for me to describe what somebody looked like. I can tell you, like maybe like curly hair, that sort of thing. Like what what length. But just like to, from memory to like describe how somebody's nose was and stuff, I don't think I'd be good at describing that. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, oh yeah, I'm now look now I'm seeing pictures of uh, <clears throat> the Zodiac Killer and uh, the artist rendering of that. Why is this such? Damn it. I wanted to see that picture and uh it's a real low quality. <laughs> 
where it's got like all of the uh, artist renderings of the Son of Sam there, and uh, it's very different. There's uh, a <clears throat> again though, I I feel it's uh, there's a lot of evidence to suggest though that David Berkowitz didn't act alone, and that not a major conspiracy. It's an interesting documentary, but again, oh, I'm so. Like, it's totally going to fuel people's conspiracy paranoia shit. Because <laughs> that's what you need for a good a good conspiracy to get people, like, believing in shit is have something sprinkled, have some elements of the stuff that are clearly true, and then you can toss in all kinds of crazy shit. Because if you get them to buy the little stuff when you get that, then you can, It's it's a dangerous thing, dangerous thing. I don't know how well I would do if I was like a investigator. Um it cuz I I don't I would like I would hope that uh I would uh <coughs> not like my mind would st- I would try to keep an open mind as to what the evidence would lead me to lead me to instead of trying to create a narrative. I'm afraid that I, I would uh, create my own narrative in my head and just try to find evidence that supported what I had thought had happened instead of have you know letting the evidence lead me to the direction of the actual truth. And unfortunately, it seems that a lot of people that investigate things just try to find evidence to their theory of what happened. Not to really look at things and go, uh, oh, shit. Well, I thought Bob did it, but this clearly shows Bob didn't do it, so... But, you know, and, and then just because of that, you disregard that and then find something else. Um, <clears throat> but, uh... But, yeah, it's it's interesting. I it's still dig, like, uh... The, uh... The true crime stuff. I'm just <laughs> looking at all these pictures of David Berkowitz mixed with oh, there's a picture of Charlie Manson, Charlie, good old Charlie. There's a good and dead. He's a, oh, there's Richard Ramirez. Um, and seeing pictures of uh, the Carr brothers, which one of them was uh, see uh, named uh, nickname Wheaties, John Wheaties Carr. Um. And it's interesting because if you read the uh, Son of Sam letters, man, this is some definite evidence that I would say. But again, it was his neighbor. Maybe it was Berkowitz's way of, you know, throwing suspicion towards the Carr brothers over himself. It's hard to say, but it says, uh, let's see, here's one of the notes from the Son of Sam. It says, not knowing what the future holds, I shall say farewell and I will see you at the next job. Or should I say you will see my handiwork at the next job? Remember, Miss Loria, thank you. In their blood and from the gutter, Sam's creation, 44. Uh, here are some names to help you along. Forward them to the inspector for use by NCIS. The Duke of Death, the Wicked King Wicker, the 22 Disciples of Hell, John Wheaties, Rapist and Suff... Uh, suffocator of young girls. PSJB, please inform all the detectives working the slayings to remain uh, 
I feel like I feel like that could easily have been just like a throw that in there just to you know throw suspicion towards uh, John Weedy's car instead of himself. Uh, but the, here's another one. It says because Craig is Craig, so must the streets be filled with Craig death in the parentheses there. Uh, and huge props or drops of lead poured down upon her head until she was dead. Yet the cats still come out at night to mate and the sparrows still sing in the morning. I say goodbye and goodnight. Please let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back to be interrupt, ter- interpreted as bang, 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 bang. Ugh. Or his murder, Mr. Monster. And he's got the logo of the uh, Son of Sam. I thought that one had more evidence. But there's there's quite a few Son of Sam notes. It's interesting, like, there's some good handwriting going on in this Son of Sam stuff. But then there's, you know, bad. <laughs> also, um, <clears throat> like, uh, what the hell? Somebody put, like, a recipe, mixed it in with a stick of... Stick of butter. Uh, a lot of uh, weird shit going on in the letters there. Um, <clears throat> man, there's a lot of letters. But yeah, he had really ha- good handwriting. However, there's uh, <clears throat> sometimes not the greatest. Re- I would think he would, you know, proofread this shit and do a little bit better with it, seeing the, the good handwriting. It, it's interesting You you've listened to David Berkowitz talk he's not a dumb person at all um <clears throat> he speaks very well and uh but yeah as I'm just going down another rabbit hole as I'm just reading all these killers notes and stuff uh <clears throat> it is uh there's I know there's uh another true cr- well, I would consider it true crime. There's a Holocaust uh, flick on Netflix too that I want to look into. So I haven't seen any newer docs on that in a while. It's it's a shame, you know, all people that have survived the Holocaust. There's just getting fewer and fewer of them, and to be able to get more stories of it, it's going to be just more and more rare to get new documentaries. So it, it'll I I. I'm glad to see when newer stuff comes out because, like, I feel those people have, still have a lot to talk about and tell of those times. And clearly, not many people know that the Holocaust even happened these days, which is just horribly fucked up. Like, they should do a definitely better job, at least, at least in this country. I, I think it, in other parts of the world too, they don't teach it much. But the U.S. is just—I mean, it's just bad. There was that what, poll that came out a year ago or so. Where it's just said, just very few people like new basic facts about the Holocaust. So knowing that they uh, are putting you know more stuff out there like that, that's good. I've, I they should really get more stuff out there. Um, and uh, I really like to go to the. Uh, since I found out at that time, I also found out, of course, there's the uh, Holocaust Museum in St. Louis that I was unaware of that's been there since, like, the 90s. And uh, I would definitely like to go there at some point. Um, 
<clears throat> as uh, do, do let's see if I've seen some some of these. I'm looking at uh, no, go back. My computer. Uh, there we go. There's uh, a. <clears throat> see have i seen these i'm looking at the 30 best true crime docs to stream in uh on netflix in 2021 it's probably still got <laughs> uh tiger king in there that's uh they should really <laughs> he should really get out of jail <laughs> just have him in there for a few more years or something you know i would love that motherfucker's totally gonna get a reality show even if you know <laughs> he did some bad shit but He's quite the character. Um, oh, here we go. New documentaries on Netflix. May of 2021. 20, 2021. I had an extra 20 in there. The UFO Files. You know, I'd seen that on there. I, I'm like, ah. Just have, they, those get a little too conspiracy for me. Um, History Channel has become somewhat infamous for its UFO documentaries. Its title is no different. Hangar 1, the UFO Files features a range of UFO experts, researchers, and witnesses. Yeah. Anyway. Son of Sam, already watched that. Mm-hmm. Where is the uh, the last days? What is this? Oh, this isn't a new documentary. Damn it! But I would like to see it. It is from 1998. It was uh, Steven Spielberg. It's called The Last Days. It's Steven Spielberg and the Shoah Foundation present this Oscar-winning documentary about the Holocaust. Well, that'll be interesting. I w- I have not seen it. Uh. And ooh, nail bomber manhunt. Is this about the Olympic bombings? No. Across the weekends in April '99, three people were killed and almost 150 were injured in a spate of terror attacks concerning London's Black, Bangladeshi, and LGBTQ communities. That'll be interesting. That's an interesting one. I just assumed when I saw nail bomb, it was about the '96 Olympics bombing, but apparently not. Um. <clears throat> But uh, there was something else. Damn it. I had something on my brain that <laughs> I've been wanting to talk about. That I had, and I was like, oh, i got to totally bring this up on the podcast. Oh, I know one thing I was going to mention. Um, Ford. I just, I didn't, unfortunately, read the article because I was on break time at work. Uh Commercial. They are trying. They, I guess, put. Um, let's see news. Okay, let's see. <laughs> it says. Let's see, did you? Where's the one? Vice News was the one I was uh, looking for. Um. I know they had a, there's several articles on this but uh here we go Ford wants billboards to beam distracting ads to screens inside your car this is insane um <clears throat> it says uh this is by Janice Rose 
on uh, Vice News here. The company recently patented idea for in-car advertising sounds a lot like a disaster waiting to happen. Um, advertisers are motivated by singular goal, and that is to turn every facet of human existence into an opportunity to show you ads, which is already showing up at gas stations at the pumps, which is really fucking annoying. Uh, I guess it's not too annoying, the gas station, but I'm waiting to see, you know, they've been in movies for years. They show it in, like, bathrooms, which I think, actually, I think in airport bathrooms may already do this, but you go to the bathroom, boom, there's ads. Um... According to a recently published patent filed by American auto giant Ford, the latest frontier for the colonization is inside of your own car. Some bullshit. Fuck you, stay out of my car. Um, the company's patent filing describes a system that would equip cars with billboard reading sensors, allowing cars to scan roadside signs for relevant information and then display them on screens inside smart cars. For example, driving past a McDonald's billboard would cause image and text recognition algorithms to automatically interpret the ad's contents like an address or phone number and then transmit that information to your car's dashboard display. You know, the screens you're supposed to avoid starting at in order to staring at in order to avoid crashing. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Um, the patent filing also describes generating hyperlinks for internet connected cars based on data gathered from segments of billboard images. Uh, to be fair, patent filings describe rough blueprints rather than existing technologies. There's no telling how the companies might deploy such a system or whether it will materialize at all, but the idea of creating yet another vector for distracting ads, this time inside high-speed motor vehicles, is terrifying nonetheless. Uh, each year in the U.S. there are on average 2,800 deaths and 400,000 injuries during crashes that involve a distracted driver, according to a 2018 report from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. The most common form of distracted driving, of course, is checking text messages. It takes the driver's attention away from the road for roughly five seconds. Um, Ford hasn't acknowledged that it has any intent to deploy the billboard scanning technology, telling Motor One that the company patents on new inventions as a normal course of business and the plans aren't necessarily an indication of new business or product plans. Given the rise of image recognition in already accident-prone self-driving cars, the use of similar in-car systems may already be inevitable. So, yeah, that... I don't know, reading it more in there, and uh, it may not be as bad as maybe I initially thought, but still didn't sound great. Like, it, the fact that it would distract you while you're driving. Like, I was afraid... Um, it was going to be like a straight-up commercial playing in your car, but I guess it's just reading the uh, ads and then, like, displaying text on a screen, which uh, <coughs> is not great, <laughs> but it's not, it's not like a whole ad playing. But it, it would be annoying to me to see, to see ads, I guess, pop up on my screen. Hopefully there would be a way to disable it. You know, like to turn the ads on. Maybe you want that stuff. You drive by some. Oh, oh shit! I want. I want to know where that restaurant is. It might be kind of cool in regards to. Okay, if you see like an interesting restaurant, and I'm not talking about Mc, Mc fucking Donald's or like any kind of like chain place, but you know, if you're on a big road trip, you know, you're going to Old Route 66, and then you see this interesting hole in the wall restaurant. And there just happens to be a sign for it. 
and then like the car just you could go oh hey there's such and such place tap the screen real quick to to drive you there if you know especially if it's a self-driving car not as big of a deal to be seeing that or if you had a navigator to where you could turn it on only if you had like a navigator you know a co-pilot uh <clears throat> but uh i could see how it would be a huge problem to uh to have that going on while you're fucking driving that could be very bad um <clears throat> so uh so yeah that's uh something i guess not to look forward to <laughs> But again, it doesn't say that they're actually going to use it. It's just something they're patenting that uh, they have not announced that. But again, there's the way technology is going, this seems like an inevitable thing. Definitely, I would expect to see more and more fucking ads in places uh, where there's a lot of commuters and like any fucking subway you go on, Metrolink, and where there's just screens everywhere pumping fucking ads. I'm surprised they don't do, like, just put on your phone, like, when it knows you're in certain locations, send you fucking ads. That would get fucking annoying, though, if you're just scrolling on your phone. I guess it would be okay if, like, you're on Google or something on your phone using Safari, say, on uh, iPhone, and then the ad that when you're scrolling past something or maybe Instagram or something. I fucking hate the fact that Instagram is just nothing but ads now. But if you're going to have ads on there anyway, I mean, why not just have some fucking local restaurant or something in there? Well, the, I think it's beyond... We already know that they, they're they tracking our locations and everything. Might as well just have the fucking <laughs> local restaurant show up on you or whatever. That, w- that could definitely drum up some business for, uh, you know, more small places i would think and have local based advertising to where it's only in that that network of where people are at i think would be could be a lot cheaper and then the smaller businesses would be able to afford maybe that advertising better uh and i guess there would be some pluses there as uh thinking of just like real small restaurants i've been to oh i so have to go back to devin we we talked about it years ago the Russian restaurant in St. Louis. Uh, I believe I don't remember if that's considered Webster Groves or where that's considered. It's pretty close to uh, the Shrewsbury Metrolink station. It's not too far from there. I want to say it's on Big Bend, but it, it's seats again, maybe like twenty people. The mother and daughter run the place. The mother cooks the food, where the daughter waits on the tables. As far as I know, it's still open. Um, I think they might even live there. And man, the food's just so good. It's uh, they got Russian food, Armenian, and uh, Greek, and uh, <clears throat> damn, it, it's so good. You gotta wait. They may not be open, and it, it can be a long wait. I mean, especially if it's just the mother there, and it can be a long time to like cook the food. But damn, it's it's fucking worth it, man. Oh, that food I had that one time, where it was like a meat that was uh, with sour cream. And some other stuff like wrapped in cabbage. It had almost like a sweet taste to it. Holy hell, that shit was fucking good, man. <laughs> it was fucking good. <laughs> I would, oh, I'd kill for that. That stuff was so good. And I, I made sure to go after, it wasn't too long after, I guess, my first trip to Russia that we went there. Because I looked at, like, because I didn't eat 
much at all when I was in Russia as I shit the bed and had food poisoning, so I wasn't exactly hungry. But I wanted some Russian cuisine, so it was cool to see that there was a place near me, or at least somewhat close to me. Uh, I didn't have to fly to a foreign country, that is. It's only like a 45-minute, 50-minute drive for me to go to this place. But super cheap food. Um, you can get appetizers and everything, at least at least when I went, and uh, for reasonable prices. The portions are small, but again, it's like the cheaper prices on the dishes. You can go ahead and order a full meal. And uh, damn, it's pretty sure everything's fresh made when you order it. Uh, and uh, definitely fucking rec- check that out. D-V-I-N, I guess is how you spell it. Uh, I'm going to have to check that out and see if I can find more information. Dvin St. Louis. <laughs> uh, let's see if anybody's reviewed it recently. Four stars. They should really have it rated as five. What's the latest review on this? Um, <clears throat> do, do, do. 2016. Okay. Where's the latest? Can I... St- if I can, no. How do I, uh, Yelp sort newest first? Here we go. 2018's the newest. Uh oh. Is it still there? I love that food. Uh, <coughs> I wonder if it's still there. That, uh, temporarily closed. Oh, that sucks. I hope it comes back. Um, Shit, here we go. Riverfront Times. That that's that's sad. Uh I was wondering if they survived the fucking pandemic and shit. I was afraid they may have not made it. Uh Damn. Man, I really wanted to go back there. Uh shit. I gotta fucking see here. I gotta find out more information about this. If it's closed for good, it says temporary closed. Uh, please, please don't be closed for good. Only just uh, TripAdvisor's got it rated four or five. So good, man. So good. Why is there not? Damn it! Twenty fifteen is the latest review on TripAdvisor. It's not helping me out here. The fucking menu, man. They've got, of course, the, the Greek classics. They got uh, a gyro, I believe. Russian borscht. I gotta try their borscht. I well, I might have had the borscht last time I was there. Um. There's a. Uh, Oh, this is what I had. I think this is what I had. Um, with the beef stuff. There's, uh, I think I had the Russian Globalizzi. Glo- <laughs> I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Globalizzi. It's ground beef with rice and spices rolled in cabbage leaves. I think that it had uh, sour cream in it, too. Maybe it was a different thing I had. Oh, it's so such good food. I'm hoping somehow that uh <laughs> let's see maybe the Google reviews 
tell me more about that. Yeah, it is on Big Bend. And it's one of those places you fucking miss it very easily. <laughs> they don't have an actual website, I don't think. Um <laughs> Yeah. Okay, there's there was a review from six months ago, so maybe they're maybe they're still around. Uh <laughs> that is the latest one. Uh Oh, I guess they had construction stuff going on. A year ago, somebody put, not sure what happened. We went to eat at Vin Restaurant, and the whole restaurant was closed. Construction stuff everywhere. No info about the plans. But somebody ate there six months ago. Uh, That's a big thing. They're not necessarily going to be open. So find their number and call it. Uh, this, is this guy, Paul Golumbek, put his review six months ago. Always call first. The hours are more of a guideline than a promise. Which is true. Fantastic Eastern European cuisine made the way your grandma would cook it. But just like grandma's call first or may you just be looking through the window instead of eating. Or you may be... Yeah, they uh, wrote that wrong. but Or you may be... Uh, yeah. Good stuff though, man. Uh, yeah, it looks like, looks like they're open still. So we want to get that. Because the one said about construction being closed was... Uh, oh, man. Such a little hole in the wall. I'm looking at it, and it's got the all the Russian dolls and stuff in a, the uh, what is the uh, Matryoshka dolls? I believe is what they're called. Oh, oh, it's so nice, so good. You bl you blink though, and you pass it because there's just a small sign in a very small, small building, and it's uh, <coughs> fantastic. Oh, I'd love to go back. Go back to Russia and not shit the bed again. You know, the last trip was fun, but I didn't have much energy in me because I was just working so much overtime at the time. And uh, I'd probably be in the same boat if I went now. Um, but, uh, man, I, I'm going to find some way to get back overseas. And the, ne the next time I do, we'll have the Will Roulette, and there's going to be more big purchase items that are going to be on the table for whoever wins that, that roulette as I'm going to have a mini Cooper on the, on that board. It's going to be <laughs> a big ticket item. And of course a townhouse, the penthouse will be up for the taking for whoever wins that will roulette. So that would be exciting. But again, I, we only do will roulette when I leave the country and until I can get more funds going on, that doesn't, uh, that's not going to be a thing. <laughs> that's definitely probably not going to be a thing every year anymore. As I didn't, I, it's been well over a year since I went. It's been two years now since I went to Russia, which is just sad. Um, <clears throat> and then three years, damn, three years since I was in Germany. The, one of my favorite vacations of all time. My best favorite, or in 2016, or no, sorry, 2015, Ireland. That was the first trip to Ireland. Um, which my other two trips to Ireland were fucking awesome too. But the first trip to Ireland was fucking magic, even though I had the whole incident where I hit a smoked a parking sign and fucked up the car, the rental car. But that the first trip to like the Cliffs of Moher and stuff were just fucking just being in Ireland the first time. I mean, it was so fucking amazing. And then uh, my 
my one and only trip to Germany. And, uh, I also went to Austria on that trip. That was, that was awesome. I had my funnest night ever, of course, in Germany, my funnest night ever in, in Europe. I guess shit my whole life. What am I saying? It was, it was a fun, awesome night. And I just, that excitement I get of being in a new place, a foreign place, where there's a lot of history and just like there's just excitement around the corner. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. And I fucking miss that, man. I got that just that wanderlust going on. And it's just like that fucking I'm I'm itching right now thinking about it. I'm fucking want to chase that dragon. Like I want that excitement again. There's just so much excitement being lost in a foreign country. And uh, I mean, I've never really been officially lost or not lost for very long in a foreign country, but you know, just being somewhere, just you're completely unfamiliar with your surroundings, and everything's new. The sights, the sounds, fucking everything. And uh, I need that again in my life. <laughs> One way or another, mark my words, I will find my way back to Europe and possibly even cooler places. I mean, I don't know. There's, I mean, there's. There could be a potentially one day going to like Australia or something. Who knows? New Zealand. Fucking somewhere in Asia, whether it be a Vietnam, Japan, China, something. I don't know. There's just so many places I'd love to fucking visit. I still need to make it to France. To uh, I I want to go to Paris and see a show at the Bataclan where the uh, just say fuck you to the people that want to commit atrocities and terrorism and such. Like fuck you, want to see a rock show at the Bataclan? Be awesome to see the fucking Eagles death metal uh, play there. Fucking. <clears throat> but uh, I don't know that they would uh, play, probably don't play a lot of shows there. Uh, you know, who knows what's going on right now as shows are finally starting to come back. Uh, but I, I guess I'm good here. This is, uh, we got one more show, one more show down here in the bunker. And then th- at least I'm going to get some excitement out of just being in a totally new environment as far as my living quarters. So, I mean, there's going to be some excitement there, but I still need. I still need that fix of a foreign land. But, uh, but yeah, that's all I got. As always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.